Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 497. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rakeshaw. Hey, Kevin. Hello. Uh, we're also joined by Ken Bakley because this is our year-end episode. How you doing, Ken? I'm doing all right. So like every year, we're going to go over our top 10 films of of the year. Uh, this, of course, is... Uh, always an arbitrary list and there are movies that we haven't seen that maybe would go on the list otherwise yada 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 all the you know prerequisite things that we have to say before getting into this i feel like every year there's at least one movie that i see like later on that i'd be like oh yeah that would definitely go on my top 10 oh absolutely i was just like thinking about like all this stuff that i didn't end up seeing in time as is always the case and yeah it's, it's always worth emphasizing how arbitrary these lists are i mean just a few moments ago before we started recording we were talking about you know release dates and uh how we tinker with mm-hmm. lists or, or don't or so it's you know this is just a snapshot of where we are on the day that we're recording this, yeah exactly so. i f- uh, so before we get into the list proper were there any titles that you guys didn't see that you think could have been in contention to make it on the list uh can mm. e- e- either, uh, either one of you can start well I, I i can't know obviously like how i'm gonna respond to something but just in terms of like things that people were really uh talking up uh i have not had the chance to see the zone of interest yet uh i have not had the chance to see um maestro or or uh, May December, even which is it's very it's extremely unlike me to to just like not see a Todd Haynes movie as soon as I can. Yeah, I don't know how that um, I yeah. uh, I haven't seen a- any of those either, and I was I was gonna I I was toying between May December and another one uh, the, to watch this morning actually <laughs> before we recorded this, and I I chose against May December, so I I don't know if that would have. I don't know if that would have made it on my list or not either. Yeah. I have not seen the iron claw. I, that one, that Mm -hmm. one may have definitely could seems like something I'd be into. So that's really the, I think that's really the only one other than zone of interest. I haven't seen the iron claw yet either. Yeah. Kevin, what about you? Are there any like specific ones? Oh, I'm sure. The, like the Iron Claw, like you said, what was the uh, uh, Boy in the Heron? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's called the, the new Miyazaki. Yeah, I have a feeling that would probably be up there. I'm sure there's others. There's a lot of stuff that you know, some of the big name stuff. I just I didn't really prioritize. You know. Yeah. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. We yeah, Ken and I were talking about this. Like I I feel like every year. I just watch garbage all year and then like hold off on watching anything that's like really good until the very, very end of the year and just cram it, cram it all in. I need to stop doing that. But like so many of the movies that end up on my top 10 are so like th- they have like a very specific mood attached to them. And I'm like never in that mood. Like, like, man, I, I don't feel like being sad and depressed today, but then those movies end up being like, you know, the best <laughs> the best ones. <laughs> so I will often be like, oh, I could watch this like 
you know, really heavy think piece, or I could watch like some mindless slasher movie, and that's usually mm-hmm. what I pick. Yeah, but yeah, yeah there, there's there's always going to be a a bunch of stuff that I miss every year. And with that, the catch-up period is is always a lot. Yeah, it's just yeah. you just cram <laughs> so much in. Um, let's get started. We'll we'll start with our number tens. We'll work our way up to the top. Ken, we'll we'll start it with you. What was your number ten film of twenty twenty three? My number ten is Topology of Sirens by Jonathan okay. Davies. Nice. I did not get a chance to see this, unfortunately, I, but I heard it, good it things from on, Kevin. Uh, it's on movie. Uh, I recommend it very much. Just a really uh, brilliant uh, directorial debut. Uh, I believe, and a, a film that just uses its settings in such an exploratory, but also uh, uh, such a well-controlled way, if if that makes sense. There, there's just so many uh, different layers that it peels back. Uh, it's so uh, interrogative and uh, inquisitive, but it's also very... Uh, I, I think that the, the comparison I, I keep coming back to when I think about it is it's like... Uh, a poem almost. Mm-hmm. It, 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 there's just something very uh, rhythmic about it, and it's a film very much about sound, uh, and um, some of the best uh, sound work of the year, as far as I'm concerned. Cool. Uh, Kevin, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Hannah Hanha. Okay. That play. I can't remember what festival that played back when we saw it. Slam Dance? Was this a Slam Dance? It might have been a Slam Dance. I think this was a Slam Dance. So this finally came out, you know, to everyone. This is on Tubi. Yeah, I, th- I thought we saw this. We did see this in 2022, right? But yeah. it just came out this year. It just came out this year. And I just, I, you know, this is one of those kind of uh, laid back kind of slice of life, you know, just kind of meandering uh indie narratives mm-hmm. and uh the central performance from hannah lee thompson i just you know i was just really in sync with this movie thoroughly enjoyed it all right that's hannah haha uh it's it's interesting a lot of the the points that you just made about hannah haha uh i have the same feelings about with my number 10 and that's earth mama from savannah leaf this is a uh, kind of a also just a little bit of a like a slice of life uh about a young pregnant woman who is going through the system and trying to do what she can to like just uh keep her her um get get to her two children back from cps and and also be able to keep her unborn child um i will say that it is visually really great it's one of these like kind of very like super almost docu-fiction style uh films and i i thought it was uh pretty incredible um the uh uh, what's her name uh tia nomori she was absolutely incredible probably one of the best performances i've seen this year um so highly recommend earth mama that's one I didn't get to see. Mm. Uh, Ken, what's your number nine? 
Uh, my number nine is uh, You Hurt My Feelings by Nicole Hall of Center. Uh, uh, just a very well-observed uh, and performed uh, examination of uh, its characters. Uh, thoughtful and very richly textured uh, in ways that are still uh, light and funny, but also... Uh, very uh searching i'm having some problems i guess today <laughs> with my <laughs> with my word choice but kevin this was one that you were a big fan of i remember and i i, I didn't get a chance to see this i want to see this yeah this is i this is just a movie or the type of movie that i just enjoy like if i'm in the mood for this type of thing man did this hit the spot mm-hmm. yeah cool uh kevin what's your number nine uh, my number nine is Unrest from uh, Cyril Shablin, the you know the Watchmaker movie. This one's just growing on me. I mean, of course, it has the Watchmaker aspect to it, so that helps. But mm-hmm. just everything else, like the philosophical and the political implications of this movie, of how you do so, using, you know, the regimented aspects of watchmaking for this the particular region of switzerland and just kind of juxtaposing that against the workers being anarchists and just trying to rebel against the rules and regulations it's just uh and just the way in which this is shot too i am a sucker for uh any time that the action is kind of focused in like the bottom left of the frame mm. mm-hmm you know, or like it's the, just yeah. kind of like in the background. I like that too. Just a lot of that going on. This is just a really interesting, interesting movie that I ended up actually buying for the the watchmaking school. I was like, "Fuck it, I'm buying this." I use the company money and buy it. Nice. That's cool. Uh, my number nine is uh, "All of Us Strangers" by Andrew Andrew High. Is that how you? Andrew Hay, Andrew Hay, 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 Hay. <laughs> Hay. Uh, this is a, I, you know, I, I heard good things about this. Uh, I wasn't super familiar with it. I just knew that it was about like uh, two people who meet, who live in a high rise building, and they they meet and they they have this kind of whirlwind romance. I didn't really know anything else other than that. Um, so, needless to say, I was a little bit surprised to see like where it went. Um, and it, this is a pretty devastating, emotionally devastating movie, but at the same time, there's just, there's just so much, uh, heart in it. It's, it's almost bittersweet in its presentation. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, incredible performances here by Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal. Um, also Jamie Bell and Claire Foy have really great roles in this as, as well. Um, I, yeah, I, I didn't see it going, it went to places that I just didn't expect. And I think that this was maybe one of, one of the biggest surprises for me this year. So again, that's, uh, that's all of us strangers. I I completely agree. Uh, I agree so much that it, uh, may appear on my list somewhere. There we go. Watch out now. Foreshadowing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ken, what's your number eight? Uh, my number eight is Rain Allen Miller's Rye Lane. 
just a truly delightful uh, romantic comedy with uh, brilliantly uh, conceived uh, setting. Uh, so uh, vibrantly realized uh, and featuring a uh, terrific uh, pair of lead performances from David Johnson and Vivian Opara. It's just a way to get to know these characters. Uh, and the places it goes may not be the most surprising uh, or what have you, but it's uh, it's a great time. I, I, I don't really care about whether I'm surprised or not about the direction of a story, especially mm. for a movie uh, as just well-made uh, and wonderful as this one. All right, Kevin, number eight. Uh, that was another one that I wanted to watch. Yeah, I didn't get to see that either, actually. That's Rylane. <clears throat> uh, mine is How to Blow Up a Pipeline by Daniel Goldhaber. Okay, all right. That was uh this one is just for me this was just a kind of a a very economic hot you know thriller type movie that just worked really well for me you know it just it knew what it was doing it stuck to that path and man did it just execute i just thought that this thing was tense as hell yeah i agree 100% uh my number 8 is oppenheimer um I don't have much to say that hasn't already been said about this. Uh, ridiculous cast, uh, really intriguing story, great filmmaking here by Christopher Nolan. Uh, love the cinematography, love the score. Yeah, just just great, great filmmaking here. Oppenheimer. Check it out, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Oppenheimer. <laughs> Looking for a good time? Check out Oppenheimer. <laughs> may have heard of it <laughs> uh, uh all right number seven ken what do you got uh so my number seven was actually my number eight because i misread my list <laughs> <laughs> nice. uh so uh, my number seven which was my number eight but i guess is also my number seven now we'll just say that they uh that i don't know it's, it's a tie, tie, even though it's a very yeah. different movie. Uh, is Christian Petzold's A Fire. Oh, man, I haven't seen this either. This is this is a uh, crazy year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fascinating movie uh, about where we follow just, the, just a completely ridiculous uh, main character as uh, he uh, alienates everybody around him and then everything starts to fall apart uh, in other ways. Uh, but it's also uh, very funny. It's it's a little bit hard to to to, uh, to explain. It's very much about the nuances of these characters and their interactions. Uh, but yeah, a fire. Nice. Number seven or number eight, whichever you prefer. Kevin, what's your number yeah. seven? Whatever you want it to be. Uh, my number seven is also another slam dancer that came out this year finally, and that is the Civil Dead by Clay Tatum. Oh, yeah. I, I just mm -hmm. this this thing is just time with this movie. I thought it was really inventive, really funny, and it, I found that the the ending was kind of uh, quite surprising. Like you know, the, essentially the entire tone of the movie, I was not expecting for kind of a uh, an emotionally 
the devastating ending that it, it that it's able to accomplish. I kind of forgot about this movie. Well, I'm here to remind you. Yeah, no. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my number seven is Perfect Days. This is the the new Wim Wenders one. Uh, this is uh, this is definitely not a movie for everyone. It is a very very kind of subdued sort of slice of life movie again, and basically it just follows a guy who is a janitor in Tokyo, and it just goes through his day to day life. He is dedicated. Oh, yeah. He's dedicated to his job. He he does his job to like the fullest potential, and then he goes home and he reads books and he tends to his plants. He loves gardening. He likes to listen to Velvet Underground and Lou Reed and uh, Patty Smith, and um, that's pretty much the movie. Like like it's just uh, this very kind of somber like slow flowing piece that uh, I just kind of instantly fell into the groove with and absolutely loved Uh, Koji uh, Yakusho Yakusho is the lead here and he barely has any dialogue at all he plays a very kind of quiet uh, somber type of character but he still really packs an emotional punch here. Uh, yeah, I, I I loved it. Perfect days. This is a Kevin Rake's draw movie here, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> this, this movie's like it's like it was like almost about you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you started like listing what this is about, just like yep, mm-hmm. yeah. That's um, that's all me. Yeah, I think you. I, I, I think watch list. I think you'll like that that one. All right, uh, we're at number six. Ken, what's your number six? My number six is Justine Trier's Anatomy of a Fall. Okay. Uh, wonderfully uh, devastating. Uh, if if those words make sense, uh, character uh, drama, courtroom drama. Uh, Featuring uh, a, a roundly brilliant cast uh, led with a terrific central performance by Sandra Huller. Uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. You're going through all of these different layers uh, to the story, to its uh, individual elements, kind of searching through uh, time and searching through exactly what we're learning about these characters as we learn more about them. But it's done with uh, such incredible uh, command, uh, and again, it's just so uh, brilliantly performed. Anatomy of a Fall. Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, Kevin, what's your number six? Hey, another slam dance that finally got released, and that's the Sleeping Negro from Skinner Myers. The he sleep- also plays the uh, the lead in the movie as well, so he's directing. And acting in this, and it's just a, uh, you know, him going through his life and trying to overcome, you know, the rage that he feels in the society that he's living in. And this is on movie. It finally got released on movie, so I, I highly recommend checking yeah. it out. I really liked this movie a lot. 
and I didn't know it came out this year. It might have been on my list. <laughs> so yeah, and it's interesting because I was like, oh, because when I put it up on Letterboxd, it says twenty twenty one, and I'm like, man, okay, did I misremember this? But the only thing it has releases wise is just Slam Dance. It doesn't even have it got released digitally. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's this. This one's great. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I had no idea it came out this year, but I, I definitely recommend checking yeah. that out. Uh, yes. All right, my number six is the Holdovers. Um, this is from Alexander Payne. Uh, this is just a just a great time. Uh, it the. the complexity of these characters the the setting i loved the uh the 70s setting in the in the wintertime new england prep school uh i thought it was very funny it was poignant i highly recommend it we we did a full review on this uh, a few weeks ago so you can listen to listen to that but uh yeah definitely recommend the holdovers yeah, this uh, is another one that maybe just missed my list, but yeah, it's really good. All right, we're at the top five here. Here we go, Ken. What's your number five? My number five is Oppenheimer. Oh, there it is. Oppenheimer, and, you know, coming well, back at talk, you. Yeah, when we talk about great uh, technical craft or immersive sound design in, uh, in the movies in, in 2023, uh, two of the best, uh, Oppenheimer and Topology of Sirens. Yeah, that's that's sound design, man, in Oppenheimer. Just, oh, wow! Just just two just two very very similar movies. <laughs> pretty much exactly the they're, same. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty much the same movie yeah. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, just Oppenheimer. It's uh, great. It is. It is great. <laughs> Kevin, what's your number five? I keep hearing about this Oppenheimer. It's, it's, it's worth a look, dude. I'm telling you, to seek it out. Yeah, I know it's a hidden gem. Is what I would call mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to go for like a bigger name movie for mm-hmm. my next one. You know, things that people have heard of besides this Oppenheimer thing. Uh, and that's Eyeballs in the Darkness, the sequel to Tux and Fanny. Tux and Fanny 2, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Right. You could say. Uh, I have a feeling that if a Tux and Fanny related anything is released in a year, it's going to be in the top 10. Just, just a heads up moving forward. I do. I do love Tux and Fanny. I, I really do. I just, I, there's something about Tux and Fanny, man. Just, I'm a sucker for it. I'm not, I'm not sure that this would have made it on my top 10, but this is another one when I was trying to look through and I, I saw it, I, I thought that this was a last year. I thought this was a 2022. Well, this is one of those weird things where you like, the majority of them are because he puts them out as episodes, right? Yeah, and then yeah, it's, it's and then the it's, full it's kind thing of, comes kind of a weird, yeah, it's kind of a weird yeah. thing. With but those. it's just my way of hey, watch Tux and Fanny. Yeah, I I would. It's great. Uh, my number five is Anatomy of a Fall. Uh, I agree with pretty much everything that Ken said. This is uh just it, it's an immensely uh kind of devastating movie but it it just it keeps you so engaged like you just you don't know where it's gonna go uh the it's funny because like the the whole the whole conceit here is like you don't know if she she did it or not 
but at the end of the day like it, it hardly even matters it's it's really yeah. it, it's really everything that leads up to it and it's 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 all part of it and yeah it, it's it's incredible uh highly recommend anatomy of a fall love that poster too by the way that's a great poster all right number four ken what you got uh my number four is all of us strangers ah. uh yeah yeah i i feel like every year i'm always going to bring up a movie then and say uh this is a, one of the best movies of the year it's about uh family and memory well here you go this is my family and memory selection of uh 2023 but by no means my only one i feel like there's often a family and memory one on my list too i'm i'm all, i'm kind of partial to those as well yeah. and this this one was just so man i i, I again did not expect it pretty pretty heavy this one's pretty heavy um Ke- uh, kevin what's your number four my number four is surprisingly a netflix movie popping up in the top five and that's they cloned tyrone oh my god i forgot about this god <laughs> damn it i th- i think that this probably would have been on my list but i totally this- for- was this like an early was this like an yeah. early 2023? I'm pretty sure. Man, it was that's always yeah. dangerous. God, well, no, it. this it's saying July came out in July. Oh, it's yeah, mid year. But uh, this to me might be this is probably the biggest surprise for me out of the entire year. A because I didn't know about it coming into the year. B when we decided to watch this, it's like, oh man, a Netflix movie. Like, okay, damn. But I, I don't. It just in terms of like a really well executed sci-fi movie, man, this was just great world building, fun as hell, just great pacing, everything about it was just a blast. I yeah, I think this for sure would have been on my top ten had I remembered <laughs> that it existed. Uh god damn it. Um. Yeah, check out They Clone Tyrone. It's on Netflix. My number four is How to Blow Up a Pipeline. Uh, this was, uh, like like Kevin said, it, it is a really finely executed eco-thriller, and uh, I was pretty much hooked on every second of this one. Highly recommend it. Yeah, th- that's another one that, that, that kind of... Uh, once again, my my difficulty is always like the nine and ten spots on my list, and then it feels like there's like a five way tie for eleventh. <laughs> yeah, that's on there. Uh, <laughs> all right, number three, down to the top three, Kevin. Or I'm sorry, Ken. What what is your number three? Uh, my number three is The Boy and the Heron by Hayao Miyazaki. This didn't uh, this didn't quite make it to my list, but. Uh, I did get a chance to catch up with this and enjoyed it immensely. It, it, it's it's really uh, terrific. Uh, there's just so much happening here uh, visually and thematically, but through everything that happens, it's always just so uh, centered in the true depth of this story. That's the, the thing that, that I couldn't uh, get over and I, and I was so impressed by. It was just that level of uh command uh 
to this story. And of course, you don't expect anything less from uh, Miyazaki, but just another opportunity to see uh, just those skills as uh, a storyteller on display, uh, which is the, the, what I kept coming back to. The level of animation, like the quality of the and, animation, like the the fire scene, and all, yeah, I mean, just and it's utterly breathtaking. To look I, at. Every time, you know, one of these Ghibli movies comes out, I, I think to myself, well, maybe this will like cause a a resurgence in two D animation, like mainstream two D animation in in uh, in America, but it never does. Like it's we're still stuck with like the whole. Uh, the, the CG and and it seems to be getting worse too. Like hmm. like CG animated movies seem to be getting l- like the the quality wise seems to be going down. Like I saw a trailer for that migration movie and I was just like, oh my god, it looks so ugly. <laughs> of course, we have like yeah. into like this like Spider Man and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that are they're they're actually doing something different, but for the most part, you know. Anyway, yeah. uh Boy and the Heron is is great. Kevin, what is your number three? My number three, and from here on out, three, two, and one, I've noticed the theme here. It was really about, like, atmosphere and just vibe, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's starting with uh, Human Flowers of Flesh by Helena Whitman, which this is available on Criterion Channel. So this is just a really laid back. It's about a woman and has a sailing yacht and her crew, and they just they decide to sail to uh, the former headquarters of the French Legion in Algeria, and it's just like very episodic. Just them kind of like laying about, just you know, docking in the ocean, swimming, just all this like small mundane stuff. And it's just absolutely entrancing in a way. And it's just a, like a languid pace to it. And it just, it almost like lulls you to sleep, really. But then it takes this interesting turn towards the end where it, it starts to become something that I didn't, wasn't expecting is that it's kind of a, it's not necessarily a sequel, but like it ends up following or they find the character from uh, Beautreval, the Claire Denis movie, and uh, Denis uh, Levant shows up at the end playing the same character from that movie from 1999. And just kind of like, so it's like this extension, like in the same cinematic universe, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, All right, my number three is a pretty obscure one. a little bit of a controversial, a little, little controversial. It's Killers of the Flower Moon by Martin Scorsese. It's a good uh, one. <laughs> I know. Uh, this, I expected this to be to be great. I think that Scorsese is one of the best directors in history. And uh, this, you know, I never, I never read the book, so I was not super familiar with the this the story behind this, and. Um, it is just, it's crazy. It's just an absolutely insane story. And you have, you know, one of the best directors in history telling this, this story alongside some award worthy performances by Leonardo DiCaprio and Lily Gladstone, Robert De Niro. 
Um, just uh, incredibly shot, gorgeous. Uh, again, very. Th- th- this is a pretty devastating story too. It's one of these things where it's like this movie's like three and a half hours long, and it starts like pretty rough, but then it just gets worse and worse and worse for these these people, and it's just it's just so horrific what happens. Um, but it's still a absolutely stunning movie. So, Killers of the Flower Moon. That's my number three. Uh, Ken, what's your number two? Uh, my number two is Aki Karizmaki's Fallen Leaves. There we go. It's a movie that's both very sad and very warm, and it allows those feelings to coexist. Uh, and uh, just uh, a couple of great lead performances from Alma Poisty and uh, Jussie Vatanen and a uh, wonderfully uh rich and uh textured uh, story great Ke- uh, kevin what's your number two i was just telling adam about this the other day but i just found out that my boss is a big first maki fan <laughs> which was weird because he was just uh, one day he was just talking about leningrad cowboys and i was like wait the curse mocking movie <laughs> he's like yeah uh my number two is topology of sirens from oh. jonathan davies come back so come back up top number two man that just this thing was just it, it almost felt like this movie was like tailor-made for me in some ways it just again the vibe of it is fantastic there is a little bit of that like city mystery because it's all about this woman finding these like cryptic like micro cassettes and you know like ken said there's like sound design plays a huge influence in this movie and just there's that little bit of intrigue of like this person trying to figure out you know just kind of moving around the city based on these micro cassettes and it's just it's just something else yeah i I definitely have to see this now uh my number two is uh poor things by yorgos lanthimos this is this is definitely a movie that's that's kind of right up right up my alley uh it is probably the most visually arresting and aggressively unique movies of of the year uh it's funny it's weird it's got a absolutely stunning the set design backdrops just the the costuming in this loved every second of it uh, great performances here by Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Youssef. Uh, I, I think, I mean, anything that Lanthimos puts out, uh, I'm instantly into, and this is this is no exception. Uh, easily one of the, uh, I think, one of the most like visually spectacular movies of the year. So yeah, poor things. Check it out. All right, we're at. The number one spot, Ken, what is your number one film of 2023? My number one is Asteroid City. Wow. The new Wes Wes Anderson. Anderson. Nice. Uh, Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about this movie. It it didn't. It unfortunately just didn't make it onto my list. But I love Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's uh, terrific. I, I, I don't know. It's um I I've had enough of a uh, difficult time trying to summarize all my thoughts in a movie and uh so far today. 
Uh, but yeah, it's 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 just a, a truly uh, wonderful, uh, intricate uh, story that's told uh, with the uh, typically uh, excellent style of Wes Anderson, and he's got a large and uh, terrific cast in it. Asteroid City. Asteroid City. Check it out. Kevin, what's your number one film of 2023? Uh, number one is Showing Up from Kelly Riker. Okay. And this is just, you know, the just the, the atmosphere of this movie. Just the, you know, I, this one I would say, I guess the, the top three all kind of have that like languid pace to it. Just that kind of meandering slowness to it, which I just thoroughly enjoyed. I think this one uh, got taken over the edge with the the art aspect of it, obviously. I, f- I found this movie to be rather funny in spots. And then, of course, the Andre 3000 uh, flute. The, flu- the flute score. <laughs> yeah, the flute score just like really added another layer to this, which I was, it was surprising. And then, you know, for him to come out with the flute album later, it was just like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> which I haven't listened to yet, by the way. I, I still haven't either, but like when I watched, when I was watching this and, you know, you hear his flute playing and you're like, oh shit, he's actually like really good playing the flute. Yeah. 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 I was a, I was a big fan of this, this one also. Um, I, mm-hmm. Guess I kind of kind of forgot. I didn't forget about the movie, but uh, on Letterbox it shows up as 2022, and I and I kind of didn't didn't. Uh, I just uh, I was thinking it was a 2022. Movie. Um, and who honestly can keep track of what year it is anymore? I know, right? Well, I I hate how they do because they go by the like premiere, which yeah, is always the I, festival date. In in previous years, I was much more organized where I would like keep an ongoing list of, but, but this year I just like filtered by mm. 2023. And I think that that was, that was part of my issue this year. Cause I know that we saw that one in Jul- in, in July showing up. So yeah. anyway, my number one is Godzilla minus one. Uh, this was, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not like a rabid kaiju film fanboy or anything, but I do love them. On, I, I'm, I am becoming one, I guess. I, I, since I got that Godzilla box set, the Criterion one, and went through those, like I'm, I'm, I am kind of turning into a bit of a kaiju f- fanboy here. Um, this is probably one of the best Godzilla movies ever made. It is not just a monster movie, but it also tells an incredibly heart-wrenching war story. And the, 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 the characterization here, you know, I think any good Godzilla movie, there's a lot more going on than just Godzilla. Like, I, I feel like, you know, Godzilla might be like the, the, the backdrop or, the, the catalyst, the thing that brings everything together, but like, you know, with like Shin Godzilla played out more like a political thriller than did a straight up monster movie. And this feels like a war drama um, and, and, a, and a love story as well. That's, that's kind of wrapped up in this, this Godzilla 
film. Uh, but everything from the score to the effects work to the the again, again like massive set designs on this like seeing like post-war Japan that that is like being ravaged from um you know bombings and everything is just uh it was incredible uh loved it loved every second of it highly recommend it if it's playing in the theater in your area go see it on the big screen it's totally worth it uh Godzilla minus 1 for me and that'll wrap it up. Uh, I, what, what did you guys think? Were there any other ones that like you wanted to like uh, any kind of honorable mentions or anything that you guys uh, maybe didn't make it on the list but wanted to highlight for whatever reason? Uh, I think basically every of the you know honorable mentions that I've put down when putting together my list, we mentioned uh, were on someone else's list, with the exception. Uh, my other honorable mention of the year is besides holdovers, how to blow up a pipeline, killers of the flower moon showing up, Barbie. I liked. I, I did like Barbie. Yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it was in contention for. I don't know. I don't know if it would be an honorable mention for me. I'll tell you what. A, a, a one was for me is Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. <laughs> this was actually my number ten for quite a while. Uh. It, it was such a such a fun, f- f- entertaining adventure movie, and I feel like we just we haven't had a really good like fantasy adventure movie in a while. And I I think that they did they did such a great job with that one. So I, I would give that a, a special shout out, Kevin. Were there anything? Was there anything for you that um, uh, you want to mention? A couple things. What- the first thing I will say is that I did. I was surprised by Barbie. I enjoyed that far more than I was expecting myself to enjoy it. Uh, a couple that I would throw out there. Another slam dancer is Yelling Fire in an Empty Theater. That came out finally this year. That's another, and that's like a low, low budget uh, indie. That's on Tubi as well. That's a mini DV. Uh, another Netflix, the Nimona mm-hmm. uh, animated movie i thoroughly enjoyed that one and then two that i kind of crammed in at the last minute that didn't quite make the top 10 but they were just on the outside and that's happer's comet which is on movie and another one on movie which is uh queens of the Qing dynasty from ashley mckenzie nice I you think... know what else was good sorry no go uh, ahead okay. uh another honorable mention i uh, want to throw out there uh blackberry Oh yeah, man, yeah. yeah, friend of the show, Matt Johnson. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, I very much liked Blackberry. I had a really good time with that one. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess that pretty much covers it. There was a couple other ones. Bottoms, I liked a lot. Uh, Past Lives, of course, that's on a lot of people's lists. Didn't quite, yeah. didn't quite make it on mine. Uh, on the horror front, I'd say that no one will save you. And when evil lurks, yeah. mm-hmm. when when evil lurks is is definitely one that would mess you up. And I think that this has been a really good year for animation too. And in previous years, I feel like we've had like maybe one decent animated movie. There there were some years like when we would do voting for the uh, OFCS, like I wouldn't I I wouldn't have seen any animated movies or maybe one. 
And this year, I think, you know, we got Spider-Man, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, we got Nimona, we got Boy and the Heron. So I think it was a pretty good year for animation. And then, of course, that awful Wish movie that I didn't see. I, I really hope that uh, that doesn't win any 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 Oscar. I, I've also heard a lot of wonderful things about Robot Dreams, but I have not seen it. I haven't even heard of this. Robot it's a Dreams it's an animated uh, film. Um, it it's an also one of those uh, no one can seem to agree on what the release uh, date is. So uh, maybe we'll talk more in twenty twenty four about it. Yeah, maybe. I think Neon's putting it out. Nice. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, I think that that's going to wrap it up for for this year. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastingfilmpulse.net. And if you could just take a minute to review us on iTunes, that'd be great. For Kevin Rakestraw and Ken Bakley, my name is Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week. <laughs>